0: Hi ryan
1: hello rachel how are you oh i'm feeling sick so sick of holden being such a good guy thank goodness that that miller drags him into some really wacky scenarios that make sure to reduce their lifespans real quick how about you how are you doing overall pretty good Just pretty
0: good, yeah. Like you know, casually being irradiated, but you know, I have I got drugs, so I'm high now, so it is much easier to deal with.
1: Well, let's hope they find some drugs. They're left here just wondering. Oh, we're dead. What a
0: great. Oh yeah, I'm saying I I found drugs,
1: and that drug is yum yum. The only source of nutrients that can cure you from all known and unknown diseases and viruses. Now, I'm not a doctor, so you can't take that as a doctor's word, but as an Australian podcaster, that's... Nothing more golden than a statement like that coming out of a mouth like mine. So we are here to do what, Rachel? What are we? What are we here for today? I've got the microphone all set up and ready to record, but I don't know what we're talking about until you tell me.
0: Why? Why? Why do you do that? Lie? I'm not why, lying. Why? Why? Why do you bother? Uh, we are here currently to discuss. The Expanse, Mm. in particular, episode nine of season one.
1: And we have not watched The Expanse before. This is our first time going through the show, unraveling the big conspiracy as it unfurls in front of us. So please no spoilers out there. That includes our wonderful patrons who get these episodes first. Do not spoil it for us. There is a Discord channel for you to put spoilers into, but don't give it to us. And yes, that's right. We release uh, these discussions for our patrons on Patreon first, so if you are not uh supporting us over there you're really missing out if you go over there right now you can hear our thoughts on uh the future episodes of the expanse right now instead of waiting for them to eventually come on to the main feed and so we are here today as the yum yum podcast the podcast named after an amazing line of dialogue from star trek discovery we're here to talk about the penultimate episode of the first season of The Expanse, uh, part one of a part two. And what does IMDb have to say about critical mass?
0: A flashback to Julie's origin story reveals her trajectory. Holden and Miller finally meet and team up and get to the bottom of a, the strange emergency situation happening on Eros. As the true horror of the events of Eros is revealed, an ailing Holden and Miller must overcome incredible odds in if they hope to live, and fi- live to fight another
1: day. Don't forget the last part. Part one of two. Thank you. We have to be accurate to the descriptions.
0: Previously on The Expanse...
1: We name ourselves Yum Yum Podcast because of Star Trek Discovery's amazing line, but that line is so strange and out of nowhere. Uh, And it has a, a sexual vibe to it, where a character's licking their lips, throwing their hair back, and declaring something to be yum yum. And we like to do that with The Expanse. What was a moment, or even a character, that you looked at and just couldn't help but smack your lips together, lick them, and just... Mmm, yum yum. For you, Rachel, what what was in the critical mass that you found to be particularly yum yum?
0: Amos saying, "No, we can."
1: <laughs> to to killing people. Yep, that was a fist pump moment. It did turn me on a lot, but I'm I'm not a liar. This episode showed me, but. And boobies, and I found that to be particularly yum-yum, even if it was covered in weird uh, fungus and moss and uh, gross crap. I saw boobies and butt, and uh, boy, this show has not been that horny since we first met Holden. Since we first met Holden and he was a guy that fucked in Zero-G. That pilot episode... Loaded us up with so much horny energy. And then since then, they've been really holding it back. And now we get it for Julie's demise. And it's supposed to be gross, but I'm just remembering the days when this show was willing to show us a bit of something. So I was happy to see it again. This is what I predicted it to be, a flashback episode of uh, Julie and how her story unraveled in the background of what we were seeing during the season. To fill in the blanks and to give more clarity to what the characters had discovered, you, last discussion, was wanting to understand that a bit more. You wanted a timeline. You wanted to know how these pieces fitted, like fit into place. And so... How did you feel about this side of the story? The first 10 to 15 minutes really focus on this is what happened with Julie and this is how it ended.
0: Yeah, uh, it, it was odd because it's like, yes, this is what I wanted, but I wasn't that invested or intrigued by it because it was basically exactly what we've been led to believe and led to understand uh other than the part of her being annoyed at doors for not coming to get her that she left the breadcrumbs for him
1: in fact the ones that johnson picked up mm-hmm. and the crew picked up i agree it was more it wasn't it was there to serve the function of showing us how the writers have put all of this together during the season, and here it is, and to confirm things. That was one that we uh, didn't really know, but you could have a lingering suspicion about if you were a keen-eyed viewer about how Anderson Dawes did know Julie, but he was ever so cagey about it during the show. Why? And you get a bit of a feeling here that if he did receive this mes- message from her, if he did receive this information, he left her in the wind. He he didn't help her, and so of course he's going to be tight lipped about that because that goes against his image. That is not par for the course of what he portrays himself as when it comes to being the leader of the OPA in this particular area. And the other big thing confirmed something that uh, needed to happen was her dad is behind this all. It's her dad. And one thing I actually really liked is her doing this mission, her doing this entire thing, was because she actively knew it was her father. And it wasn't just a case of, I'm doing it because I don't like my dad. It's because... It is a awful thing that they're doing, and we must stop it. It ties into how Julie is a very noble character uh, that we've heard about, and so I enjoyed seeing that actor get to play the role as well. Uh, we haven't got to really see her do that. We haven't really got to see her be the living, breathing embodiment of this idea that all these other characters have been either chasing or perpetuating to us. So... Uh, really got to commend the performance there to living up to the hype of this whole entire season when it comes to this mystery woman and i did like that finally they said it was her dad we revealed it's her dad she knows what's happening to a degree that they've made some bioweapon and they must stop it at all costs i'm truly sorry to be the one to have to tell you this but your daughter is dead
0: We still don't know what exactly happened on the Anubis, but it looks as though Julie was the lone survivor. Somehow, she managed to pilot the shuttle to Eris.
1: They name drop the blue goo. Uh, They call it the proto-molecule, which is a good title. It gives you a clear understanding of what this is. And that they don't fully know what it is as well. That's right. They don't fully understand it, but boy, are they going to use it. And we were not surprised with the reveal of this being her father because we've been saying it as much. When it comes to suspects of who is behind this all, there's only been a couple and he has been one that was introduced and never touched upon or mentioned again until now and so that made it more and more credible that it was him and so does that disappoint you in a series or in a in a season of television where it is about a big mysterious conspiracy who's behind this all who's beating the drums of war where they're keeping all of these cards close to the vest that we finally get the reveal and we already we already guessed it how do you feel about that personally when it comes to this story
0: A little disappointed, but I'm glad to see that actor back again. That was a a main thing that we pegged it for as well. We were like, oh, they got that guy. They wouldn't just get him if that was it. And then when we didn't see them again at all, we were like, okay, definitely, definitely going to be him. And there is that level of like, oh, okay. Okay, that's the basic thing. But I'm not fully disappointed in it because I am curious to see where it goes. I know that this is just kind of the first step in what will hopefully continue to evolve.
1: I am not disappointed per se. I do wonder what it will be like on a rewatch. I, I My main reason was that I figured out is they really emphasize that you needed money to build the stealth ship technology and the, Only people who seem to have been able to do that was Mars, and they very much made it clear that it was not Mars. And so So it has to
0: be one of the companies that run Earth, basically.
1: Yes. And he was the only company. They mention that there's companies and Megacorps and all of this, but his his is the only one we know. His is the only one that we understand exists in this story. And so, put two and two together. And it leads to him, but I wasn't disappointed per se, because it's not necessarily about the uh, destination, but the journey to it. And I found the journey to be most of the way of most of the time on the journey was good. Uh, They even use at the beginning of this Miller in a previous scene, figuring these things out and putting all the dots together. And although we are not big Miller fans and we did not enjoy his storyline as much, once he did put the pieces together, his character, as well as his story, also came together. He, during these last couple of episodes, has once been... Once he
0: loses the hat.
1: Once he loses the hat. Once he loses his job. Uh, that whole sequence, when he got ca- captured by Anders and Dawes onwards, uh, it's all really come together for him as a character. And so... I, I do wonder what it'll be like, but I, no, I'm not disappointed that we figured it out, because it means that the pieces were there to play with. They didn't cheat us as writers, they didn't pull some bullshit out of their ass, and the answer that they have given, I think we can both agree, is 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 satisfactory. This isn't something where You roll your eyes going, oh, really? That's it? It's not like when Discovery does mysteries and you reveal, oh, it's Michael was a Red Angel. It's like, yeah, we knew that from the very fucking beginning. Why did you spread it out for 13 hours, oh, 14 yeah, he- hours when we all knew that and you even said it in the show and then pretended you didn't. It's not like that where it's 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 dragging you for so long and the answer it all adds up and you can piece it all together and it isn't just solo him. Clearly he has some relationship going on with Earth as well and most likely the UN. And so it's not just oh, it's just this one thing. It was all of the storylines that we've been following inhabit the conspiracy. And so when you get the linchpin reveal, yeah, we figured it out, but it makes sense. We don't know why.
0: so We don't know how. We just know who.
1: And where. We know the Phoebe station is where things really kicked off for all of this. Julie is no longer here, She she's dead, and yet they're using her body as this thing to just get the goo from, because clearly what happened on the stealth ship was where all the goo was the proto molecule sorry i just want to keep calling it the blue goo and now that she got infected by it it is it is in her and so they can drain it out of her use it replicate it get more of it and so her death an act of defiance is seemingly in vain her death her her whole entire mission was to defy her father and this uh this weapon and in the end her her demise her doing this has just given it to her dad again to use on people on on and on many many people and uh, that's just sad, honestly. We we see how Miller is processing this death. He's really taken it hard, and he almost has like a her. Her and him almost have like this weird psychic connection to yeah, one another, like, spiritual bonding, even though they haven't met each other. She sees him sh- her, in dreams. Yeah, he sees her. Her
0: um the bird imagery repeating itself because in part of the flashback sequence we see miller at the apartment and the bird outside and then she sees him and the bird
1: yeah and he's hovering in his hand as he enters as she's taking her dying breath almost like he is this weird otherworldly figure uh, you know, I know that he's supposed to be like this beacon of light for her, but he almost comes across like a, a figure of death coming at her with that bird. It's just, it's a, again, the expanse, each episode or most episodes have that striking visual image that doesn't leave the brain. And that's the one for me in the episode. That was just remarkably compelling stuff. Even though the CG on the bird is a little wonky, it's always been a little wonky. Nonetheless, just that image is one Makes that doesn't leave the brain. a
0: spy drone each time. Each time I look at it and I'm like, that's not a bird.
1: We both follow Julie here. We both have part of the story. I want the truth as bad as you do.
0: I, If I lend a, a dear friend, a dear old friend.
1: Someone like... Family almost
0: yeah, um, who's known me since I was a child to kill themselves? you know what? I'm gonna go and steal their shit. What do
1: you think of this?
0: <laughs> I think it adds up like when she was just like oh i'm 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 here, and so it's just like, no, 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 you're here for something else,
1: it's a ploy, it's it's you d-
0: tack- no no, like. You might be a little bit sad to keep <laughs> you traveling all the way to Japan. Oh my lord. For this?
1: Nope. I really do
0: not buy it for a second.
1: I really like what the partner had to the husband had to say which was uh, to quote Frank about you can't really stay mad at that little brat. And he just says, well, I'm not Frank. <laughs> like, I am mad. I do not like you. I hate you. Ah, uh, this was really brutal because as soon as she, end, like, as soon as the scene starts, you know what it is. Like, and that's in in the way of, we understand the character so well that, Even this moment that should be in any other person's hands, a really depressing, sad sequence where we get to see a human moment from this woman. Instead, we know she's here on business. We know that this visit isn't just to say i'm sorry i ruined your life and that he killed himself because of my betrayal because i used him as a pawn we know that's not what it's going to be even if she says those words we know that that's not the real intention of her being here just as soon as she rocks up and walks through those doors in that gorgeous outfit truly gorgeous outfit that she's wearing i i was aware oh she's trying to get some information to help her unravel the mystery that's going on. Because What is
0: here that she needs was the thought that I had.
1: She is a character that deeply cares either about her own stuff, like her own ego, her own uh, sense of importance, or uh, the safety of Earth itself. That's definitely how she would justify everything she does. I'm doing this for Earth. I'm doing this for the greater good. The bigger picture is at play here. And so here she is performing in this moment, talking to this man who's just lost his husband, big in part because of her. He would argue entirely because of her. And we hear about Frank's life at the end, of how he was putting on this face of 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 dignity but there was none it was a lie and everyone knew it was and yet he they all played it until he killed himself and and i mean did he actually kill himself that's something i'm curious of as well because with a show like this and with all of these conspiracies going on who knows but I I found the Christian stuff to be really challenging in this episode. What about you? What did you think of uh, it on just that level of her as a person rather than the specific actions she's taking to develop the plot forward?
0: I thought it was a very interesting thing to have happen because it is another way that the show is highlighting to me that Christian isn't built the same way as our other characters and as typical characters in sci-fi, which is part of what makes it so interesting when it's just like you, she steals pencils and it's just like, what are these pencils worth? And then it's like very shortly after you find out that they're like futuristic USB drives. Uh, with Dana stored on them, Uh, and, of course, she knows that that was his thing because I don't think it's like, oh, yeah, everybody has pencils like this. They Mm. double up.
1: Again, she knew him and knew how to play him even in death. She knew, oh, there's his pencils, the secret USBs that I can use. To help benefit myself. Of course, there's the justification of why she's using them and why she's done this. There's even that haunting moment. And tell me if I'm mistaken, but she's looking at his desk and there's, what, smearing of blood still on the desk? And she looks at it and you can tell that there's a moment where she's having a hard time processing that, but she's not here for that. Like, you can tell she's like, oh my, but I can't. That's not what I'm here for right now. I must continue to pilfer through his things to get what I need. That there was... She's a hard character to process. And like you say, she she is one that is, is certainly driven, for sure. And, uh, I mean, how do you feel about... Her being a character that one can argue is driven by ego, but more so her drive is about the bigger picture.
0: It's a very intriguing character to see because usually when we get characters that have this much power, they're corrupted in a more obvious way. Whereas you still believe that she wants what's best for Earth, and that is peace. But war is fine if it's justified. And it's not something that I was expecting to get from this show, but it's very rewarding.
1: We have experienced in a lot of the shows we have covered on this podcast and ones that we watch that have a a, a hierarchy, uh, leaders that have to weigh up how much of the, uh, uh, the, the safety or livelihood or rights of the individual have to be put to the side, put on hold, or even thrown out for the the betterment of things, for the greater good. And Chris Jen is somebody who very much abides by the ends justify the means. Uh, I'm sure that she's the type of person that would have a speech about how it doesn't matter how she treated people on that individual level, because at the end of the day, in the history books... What will be noted down was she uncovered this and that led to this. That was a good thing for the society. The belter. Yes, and leading Frank to kill himself and lose his job. And it was, it doesn't matter. That's inconsequential. The ends justify the means here. And that's very difficult to grapple with. And it makes her complex because. We understand why she is doing these things, because we have been seeing the other storylines going on, and we understand the world and what's at risk, what is going to be lost. If she doesn't pull on these strings, if she doesn't take uh, affirmative action, because nobody else on Earth is, whether it is for insidious reasons or passive reasons. We see the Admiral during this season be very logical and pragmatic, and I've praised him for that, but at the same time, it is still uh, just tending to the weeds rather than solving the crisis, and she wants to solve the crisis. And so I really was uh taken aback by her in this episode because how much of her do you do you empathize or sympathize with how human does she feel to you considering that she's willing to give up so much that we on an individual basis would define as the right thing or the good thing I obviously don't like what she did to Frank. I don't like the outcomes of it. I completely agree with the husband about how she is. And I find her to be not only morally questionable, but a very reprehensible person. But she is doing all of this for this great cause that nobody else is. And you can see wholeheartedly that it's for the right it's it's for the right reasons but she's going about it in the in really horrid ways and we see sometimes that it weighs on her sometimes we don't that's what i like about her as a character sometimes we see that it weighs on her and other times it isn't here we do see it when she's flying back and she has those pencils we just get longing shots of that actress And her eyes and that face just really soaking in what the character was going through and yet still stoic, yet still pushing forward through it all. I let him keep his pride. It was the only thing he had left. He had you. He loved you more than anything. Frank always said it is damn near impossible to stay properly mad at that brat. I'm not Frank.
0: She's a character that I want to watch, not a character that I want to know. Is she one you'd want to play? No. No? No. 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 Acting terrifies me. Why the fuck would you say that?
1: Oh, come on. Who would you want to play in this show? Nobody. Nobody? Nobody. Oh, come on. You wouldn't be mus. Gaunt Belter. Oh <laughs> that's the correct answer. Uh, no no further questions. That's who I want to play as well. End of conversation. But uh she finds on these pencils, on the one pencil, a bunch of uh data relating to the, the stealth, stealth, stealth ship information, like the materials made for it, and she's trying to gather where This could have been made and where these things could have come from. But the materials required for it do seem to be leaning towards Earth itself, which she isn't verbalising, she isn't saying, she isn't really going through, but you can tell that that is dawning on her very slowly during this. And uh, then that perfectly leads into Fred Johnson. Believe it or not, this episode has a lot of parts to it. This being a part one of a part two story to the end of a season, we're going to have to bring all of these uh, factions and players and threads into it. And Fred Johnson is here to follow up on what he was doing at the end of the last one, uh, revealing what he found on that data chip that was on Lopez. And he has a little speech written out I I
0: adore that I loved it too I loved it we see him practicing and you think it's just him like gearing up and then there's a full script that appears in front of him when he starts recording and I I love it I love that detail of he knows that these ships uh well the ship from the UN is coming. And that he's found this information, and he doesn't want to get backed into a corner.
1: He doesn't want to be a scapegoat.
0: Yep. He refuses to play by their rules. So instead, he plays by OPA rules.
1: and his own conscience. uh, It was really humanizing to have him stumble and practice through his speech before giving it, because... In all honesty, Fred Johnson is only here to deliver exposition and important information for the other characters to use in the future running threads. And in another team's hands, this could be very empty and very hollow and just just a block of text being spoken at you. We've had that in previous episodes of The Expanse where... Uh, we may like the actor and even the character but all you're doing is dispensing information or blatantly stating the themes but that touch at the beginning of him not just going over his speech but he's specifically going over his name and how he wants to uh, portray himself and what's the right way to do that and how he's insecure and then confident that was really great to launch into this information because it reminds us that Fred Johnson is a man He is a person. He isn't just this ghostly figure that exists in the plot to make things happen. And he isn't just the myth of, uh, like, the the mythical figure that is the butcher of Anderson Station. He doesn't just exist to be a badass character. He's a person with multitudes and uh, dimensions to them. And so, really going over that one little moment, because that was the key to me, rather than him revealing that, oh, believe it or not, the stealth ship was built on Earth at this specific place. That reveal is good, and it propels the plot forward, and for viewers who weren't putting the pieces together, that's very, uh, again, rewarding to get, but the real takeaway for me, for Fred Johnson, was him still being real, him still being a, a man, rather than just a dispenser Of important things so that we can cheer and clap and move on with the story.
0: And I think it's really important that they took that time to create that moment because it would have been really easy to not have that. It would have been more efficient, definitely, to just have it like cut to him starting. But they take. They put in the effort to humanize him in that moment and to remind you of his humanity because that's something that the show has played around with, with the things that he's done in the past and what he's doing now. We question his humanity, but having that moment of vulnerability reinforces that he still has that
1: on eros station we pick up with where we left off they found julie's body and miller is heartbroken about this and he's also angry he he wants to get revenge he wants to find out who was behind this and why did they do this and he wants answers from the crew and the crew want answers from him and so there is friction between these characters and i adored so much the small amount of time we got with miller being a part of the crew here how he really hates holden really hates him and brilliantly They they team them two up for the rest of the episode. And uh, a detail that I was really enamored by was Naomi didn't know what to make of Miller. Miller would be reacting and doing these things, and she would be trying to relate to him. Not even by talking to him, but by almost giving excuses for him to the rest of the group. And uh, uh, how about, hey... This girl meant something to him, and could you imagine finding somebody like that that meant something to you? And when Miller would go off on some violent rage or whatever, she would she would defend him or justify things for him, or, or at least fill in some gaps to make it make sense. And even then, when she, there were moments when she didn't understand what he was about, she was curious nonetheless. I really like that.
0: Him the benefit of the doubt more than anybody else. And it's interesting that it, it it's her that's doing that.
1: I mean, it makes sense considering her relationship with Amos. You could imagine that it may have started out from a similar place, wouldn't you agree? How did she become friends with Amos? How did she bond with him? And I imagine it's through behavior and understanding and views like she does with Miller here, where Miller to them is this wild card out of nowhere this agent of chaos and violence and and high emotion and low emotion and another thing to pair it is, amos also treats him with a large amount of respect there are times where they they clearly butt heads a little but when when uh, uh miller is disassociating in the streets there are moments where amos is the guy to to snap him into reality Go, hey hey We're coming over here now. And I really think that makes sense for the Amos character because he clearly likes Miller because, hey, you're like me. You're a weirdo. Uh, But him having a relationship with Naomi helps bring that side out of the character. need to find out what he knows.
0: Don't push him too hard right now. He's having a tough time dealing with what we saw. Girl meant something to him. It was a shock finding her like that. Naomi trying to get a, get a feel for Miller and also uh, being compassionate and empathetic in a way that you wouldn't think of somebody doing for a stranger in a situation that's as stressful and high stakes as the one that they're in. You think that she wouldn't have the time or the energy for that, and I found that really interesting. I liked that Alex and Amos sort of share a lot of looks with each other, um, which leads to them sort of agreeing before they've agreed that they are like, we're going to the ship first. Like We're getting out of here, by oh, the way. We're yeah. leaving. Like, yeah, there's a mystery. Fuck that. We want to live?
1: We didn't know, Julie. We don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're leaving. And that makes it when, when Holden, the guy that is butting heads the most with Mill, Miller grabs him and throws him up against the wall. I mean, come on. Isn't that satisfying as fuck? Oh, Yes. Yes. What what is it about Miller without the hat? Where not only it brings out so much of personality of him, but teaming him up with Holden brings out this side of Holden that I I I've been wanting. Oh my God, a character with a fucking spine for a start. There's there's this beautiful conversation where he wants to go, like he wants to follow Miller and Naomi and him have a back and forth, and and she does the whole. The whole writer trick of uh, Holden don't you understand that you finished your arc now? It wasn't your fault. You don't have to take this as uh, your responsibility. It's not your problem. And then instead, he doesn't just do that. He goes, well, I'm making it my problem now. The, the other way of doing this. And I just, I just fist pump like, fuck yeah, buddy. You make this your problem. Instead of being a wussy, ooh, I've got myself in the mud. I guess I better put myself in it some more because I'm a guilty little boy. Now you're saying, fuck that if i'm in it i'm in it and i'm gonna punch some people and i'm gonna take some names while i do that oh my lord there's something about miller without the hat is it's it's i don't, it's just, they even reference the line of why he has the hat which is to keep the rain off of his head there was that moment when he was walking through the streets and and the water dripped on his face and he embraced it he loved it. He got entranced by it and let mm-hmm. it happen. Let the snap him out of it. That was a really compelling moment. But I mean, with 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 uh, Holden, you feel similar to me, right? It's not just. It's, I don't know. The, the, am I crazy? There is something about how Miller interacts with the character of Holden that makes Holden a far more compelling character.
0: Yeah, because Miller is questioning things that we've questioned about Holden, I think that that's part of what makes it intriguing because not only do these two characters foil each other but they're drawing attention to the way that they mirror each other in a distorted way and it's Really interesting to see that kind of character work being done alongside a really intriguing development in terms of the conspiracy
1: of the show. And we get the classic chalk and cheese odd couple buddy dynamic We've got this hinted and uh, teased a little bit with Holden and Amos, but it hasn't really been there as clearly as Holden and Miller. So they all decide that they must split off. Naomi and Alex and Amos must leave, and they're going to go to the docks, and they're going to do their thing. Miller and Holden go off to find out the mystery they want to know what's happening they must stick their nose where it is not to be stuck and so we get the division in the stories and hopefully they will converge again by the end of these two parts and let's talk about the naomi side of it first you brought up the brilliant little moment of uh amos being amos uh but they break away, and they just see, as the station is in lockdown, a ship has been blown up so nobody can leave. The uh, the police on this station have been told to us in the previous episode, and more again in this one, that they're just a bunch of gangsters that have been hired by a corporation to be the police, and now they're just putting people in the shelters and the isolation zones they're herding them in like cattle they're shooting people on the streets they're not saving people they're they're beating people up There's, there's riots aboard the station heck miller's cop friend has to contend with these guys and gets in a shootout with them as well and naomi and crew are watching this happen and feel powerless to do anything about it. Naomi's very much taking the, precaution, uh, the, the cautious approach and looking at it as, we do not want to get involved in this. There's a time and a place, and we are not going to be in that time and place right now, and that's where her and Amos disagree. He thinks, no, you know what? I think we could kill them, actually. I think this is a perfect opportunity. I think we could actually shoot them right now, and You know what? We both like that line because we like Amos as a character, but I I speak for myself on this and I I hope you agree. I like that line because he's right. Instead of uh, Naomi being right because it's the morally pure goody two-shoes uh, that's the good option in your in your RPG game. I like that it's actually right uh, to just shoot motherfuckers if they're shooting and hurting civilians. I like that. Mm-hmm.
0: I do as well. And I like that it's very soon after that they just get into that fight. And they don't start it.
1: But they help end it. And uh, we see the spy. He's in the crowd. He's he's worming his way through the crowd, so keeping tabs that he's still around too, like he's still an active player. That was the only real time we saw him in the episode, but he was making his way through things and trying to uh, slip through and escape, but he's still stuck. He's still stuck on the station as well. We're just going to stand here.
0: We can't just charge in and start shooting. Pretty sure we can. The good old and Cheese routine... Um, and this iteration we have Holden and Miller and they are trying to figure out what the fuck is going on on this station. There's a creepy scientist who Miller immediately wants to kill and Holden is like, no, I want answers and stops him from killing him. And I was immediately like, I'm on Miller's side. If you kill this dude, potentially thousands of people will be saved.
1: But you need to know why it's happening.
0: Yeah, and I'm like, it's it's aren't too a, early. Aren't you it's, a cop?
1: It's too early,
0: too early to kill the evil scientist.
1: Um. <laughs> and 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 Holden doesn't kill anyone. He makes that a point. Like, I'm not a killer. I've never shot anyone. Uh, because Miller wants to know where he stands. If you're gonna stick, if you're gonna follow me if you're going to chase after me are you worth it are you helpful do you serve any reason other than you are a guy where shit storms follow you wherever you go are you actually up to the challenge and i like that holden flicks that right back at him when when they do capture this uh, other cop guy and he uh, and you know they have the whole back and forth like are you a cop aren't you a cop or are you one like them Uh, He flicks it right back, he throws it right back in Miller's face, where although they have this obvious chalk and cheese relationship that generates a lot of fun to be had, of this guy's willing to kill people, this one's not, this one's unhinged, this one is straight-laced, there's merit to both of them, and that's why I also am... In, in a fun way, uh, in in um, disagreement with you when it comes to the scientists. I was on Holden's side. I was like, no, you just can't shoot the guy and expect like it to be all, all okay. Someone oh, no. will replace him. They will get you right then and there. You need to know what's going on. Capture him. Infam- get, the, get the story from this guy. Because we know he has a lot of things going on. He's the lead scientist for Julie's dad. And so... We want to know, but uh, I, I completely understand where you're coming from because Miller is so driven by passions and emotions, as are we during all of this, all of this insanity happening on the station, that a part of you does want to see that guy just get punched in the face or just, just get blown away. There's, a, there's something really gripping about seeing Holden be witness to violence and death. And feel like he is a participant in it. Like he is responsible for this. Because that's his character, right? Like they keep telling us during the season, he feels the burden and the responsibility for what happened to the cant and then what happened to series. and what happened to the Donager. And on 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 paper I've always understood that, but I've never really felt it. And yet in this episode, him just standing next to Miller and watching him tear through people and shoot people and use them as just slabs of meat to get things done. I actually felt the burden of responsibility that Holden has been proclaiming he has Throughout the whole season, the fact that he is a participant that he's a bystander, and that in part this is all happening because of him, I actually felt for the character finally when it comes to this agreed in this episode agreed why do you think that is what do you think about like what do you what in this episode do you think has pushed that over for you?
0: Oh well, I guess a part of it is going back to what we said before. That he chooses this. He didn't choose to be on the Canterbury when that shit went down.
1: But he embraces the call to adventure in this episode. And he knows the potential risks that lay ahead. While in the first episode, oh, I'll accept the distress call because it's the right thing. But he didn't know that it would lead to all of this. And there's a way where you can make that story work and, uh, make his guilt about it work, and I think the series has thought that it has really achieved that, and and I never... It
0: didn't, it didn't work for us,
1: but the fact that it's working at all is a good sign. In part, it works for me because I also know the character of Miller. I know both of these guys. I know both of their headspaces when it comes to the actions that they're taking in this story. And so I can feel the conflict for Holden because Miller, you argue, but let's just say Miller is a good guy underneath it all, but he is willing to do bad things. While Holden, he hasn't gotten there, but yet since he, as as you just stated, he's chosen this in part, he is getting there and that scares him. That that makes him recoil, that makes him take a moment of pause to see this guy Miller, who is, in a weird way, a strange mirror of what Holden could be. Yeah, it's a potential future, which scares him even more. This makes me have more favor towards these two guys being the leads of the show like miller is the lead in one way because he's the head of this one story and holden is the central lead of the show it makes me have a a finer liking towards this but i still don't love it necessarily let's see how the series ends and maybe series going and the the show going forward but i'm definitely looking back more fondly On the two characters overall. We've had some conversations. With uh, members of our Discord. And uh, some of the people who listen. And they would say. Oh Holden is a character. No one has defended Holden. By the way. No one has defended Holden. Against our criticisms. But Miller people have said. "Oh, He will grow on you. He will get better. You have to go through the tropiness of the character. To get the meat. And. I think that has become true, especially in the It's definitely back half. more
0: true now than it was
1: in the first half. If
0: these assholes want people in those shelters, we should let them out. Hey, you're welcome to try. You said you were a cop. You a cop like him?
1: And we end the story with the characters of uh, Holden and Miller entering a very, very upsetting scene of uh, a room full of people, men, women, children of all ages, uh, shoved in like sardines into this tin can, and they're getting blasted with radiation. And uh, Holden and Miller don't know what's going on, and they get blasted with radiation too, and uh, they run out of there and... You you had a real golden reaction. If if we ever did record our reactions to watching episodes, this would be the one that people would have enjoyed to have seen, which is when when they go through the information of what's just happened and it ends with, uh, yeah, we're we're gonna be dead. We're dead. We're dead. You giggled and squealed and said, What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you mean you're gonna be dead? You seem just fine, like you were in absolute disbelief of just the 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 ending sting of this. Of oh yeah, they got irradiated and now they're going to be dead soon. The end. See you next week.
0: Well, no, because these episodes were aired together and they're together on our DVD.
1: On our Blu-ray, thank you. We are watching on a Blu-ray quality. But what an ending. What an ending. It leaves us with so much. Obviously, uh, what's going to happen to our main characters? How are they going to survive? How are they going to overcome this? What are uh, the struggles going to look like for them in the next episode now that they're going to be puking up their guts and bleeding out of all their orifices? They're going to go through what uh, Jared Harris went through in Chernobyl. Like, what? what's that going <laughs> to look like for them? But... Obviously, we picked up on this in previous scenes that the, uh, the 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 cops are injecting all of these people with the the proto molecule that they got from Julie, and they are throwing them in these radiation rooms to, I guess, exacerbate it. That. Aero Station is clearly being used as a testing site. And that's why they use the stealth ship throughout the whole entire season to draw attention away from there. We thought it's because, oh, they discovered the blue goo and they didn't want people to find that out. No, 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 no. They not only discovered the blue goo, they're going to test it on a whole station full of people and they want to make... sure that nobody notices that and what's a great way that nobody would notice that oh i don't know destabilize the entire galaxy and make a planetary war happen that's the corporate mindset what a great plan huh
0: yeah yeah there's no real downside for him i do want to know that like We've kind of mentioned the bits and pieces of it, but the fact that this has been in the works for a while. They've gotten all of these crew, crew slash gang members off Ceres to Eros to be the military force, basically, to be part of the police that are hired on the station.
1: Install cameras and, and install- scanners, microphones, all mm-hmm. of that, yeah.
0: Like they're they've set it up for an experiment, and our characters do end up calling it that. And it's like, yeah, mm. yeah, they are.
1: At least they have their finger on the pulse of that. They still don't understand what's happening, as are we confused. But you 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 can put the pieces together, and that's what I really liked about that scene where. You see Miller and Holden start to explain stuff to each other, then it cuts away, and then it cuts back to them now bickering over the details they have. And that's a a great representation of what this episode is doing as a whole, of here's everything we've done in the show, and here's how it all jams together, and isn't that really frustrating? On a scale of yum being bad and yum yum being good, what would you give Critical Mass? Yum, yum. Yum, yum. I give it a yum, yum. Yum, yum. This is really high up there in terms of season one. What about you? Just just quick touch base.
0: Yeah, yeah. It It's a very rewarding episode to watch.
1: The next episode we will be watching is Leviathan Wakes, which I do believe is the title of the book that this is adapted from this season, or at least... The series is called Leviathan Wakes? I'm not too sure. I've never I read the it books. It's thought just the first book. It's probably yeah. just the first book. And uh, obviously we have no clue what's going to happen. We haven't seen this before. But if we had to take some educated guesses, if we had to go through some of the things, uh, what would it be? Miller and Holden, uh, I imagine that they're going to punch their way through and most likely Survive. find out stuff from the scientist, or maybe they won't, and they have to make a mad dash towards the ship as well and hopefully get the medication that they need to live. And Christian, I'm not too sure. I, I want to know how she factors in. I'm imagining that she's gonna have to deal with the UN and their potential involvement in all of this because I think Aaron Wright is new
0: all along. what
1: was going on. I think he funded it. I think he allowed it to happen, yeah.
0: So suspicious of him. Like, I've been suspicious of him. Uh,
1: I wonder, too, if uh, we are going to see the UN attack Tycho Station and how that is going to play out with Fred Johnson, especially now that he's leaked this information. The UN on their way to Tycho Station has been something ongoing in the last couple of episodes and i feel like we are owed seeing that happen seeing fred johnson Manage to fight back against that, and how does that exacerbate the issues at hand here? And will the Mormons play into that by any chance? Because they're bystanders here when it comes to this issue.
0: Will they protect their assets?
1: Will they protect their asset? I I really don't know. And I imagine we have to deal with the proto molecule. I imagine we have to get an answer further on what it is and what it does. Uh, maybe that's something ongoing as a series unfolds, but I don't know. The proto molecule is is weird, and I want to know how it will spread through Eros Station. Will it... I don't know. We'll see. And that is all we have got for you. Uh, please make sure to let us know your feelings on uh, the things we've discussed here today or the episode... That we were talking about. Do you like Critical Mass? Are you a big fan? What are your opinions on it when you saw it that first time? We'd love to hear from you. You can uh, contact us directly on uh, social medias, uh, yum, yum, pod, or yum, yum, podcast. You can email us if you want to uh, get an even more direct way to uh, converse, which is at yumyumpod at gmail dot com. If you do join our Patreon, you get to be a part of a group Discord where you can uh, have some funny conversations with some fellow yumlings about the things we have discussed here, or just things you like about the podcast or about the Expanse or or other science fiction television shows that you like to watch. We have plenty of uh, fun discussions over the, over there, so please come on over. As uh, as stated, we would
0: love to have you there.
1: Uh, as uh, said at the top of the show. We release uh this for our patrons first, and so if you do join our Patreon, you get to hear a lot more of our conversations on the expanse, as well as so many other things. We're talking about Star Trek's, we've got Strange New Worlds and Star Trek Picard conversations over there. We're talking about the Alien movie franchise and uh uh oh you know, Star Trek movie franchise and the X-Men's and all these other franchises. It's a real great time. So Support us if you can, or if you feel so inclined. Uh, Recommend us to all of your friends, families, and enemies. Uh, Just say, Yum Yum Podcast. They're watching The Expanse for the first time. You better hear what they said about this thing, and look at the egg all over their face. Rachel, the Gaunt Belter wasn't here. But we are the Gaunt Belter. So we can end the episode by tipping, doing a little hat tip with a menacing look and saying dusters I'm really upset that we haven't heard dusters be used for Martians more often, they keep using Mickey which is fine Mickey is fine I guess, like a Mickey pilot or a Mickey soldier but I really liked dusters and especially when it came out of that gaunt belter's mouth, so Rachel goodbye to you you duster
0: can do it justice, ya duster.
1: See you then. Well voila.